The Unlikely Innovators with Mike Comito and Steve Gravel. Presented by Cambrian R&D and the Center for Smart Mining. We're back for episode two of The Unlikely Innovators. It sounds weird saying that, that you and I now actually have a podcast and that we're, we're doing this. Uh, episode two denotes that we're committed. It wasn't just a pilot. We're keeping it going. And so this is actually, uh, you're going to be the star of this episode because I think what we wanted to do with this one is kind of build on the conversation we had last week about applied research at the college level, at the, or applied research at colleges across Canada and how it's evolved, you know, since the inception of colleges and how it's really kind of picked up steam in the last 20 years or so. Um, but what we want to kind of talk about is, is when colleges are able to specialize enough in certain fields of research that they're able to get what is known as a technology access center. Um, and, and these are specialized research hubs affiliated with Canadian colleges uh, that, they're, that are funded by the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Council of Canada. Uh, the kids call it NSERC. Um, and so Cambrian uh, is lucky enough to have a technology access center. We were awarded our, our first TAC, um, again, as another acronym for, for all those cool people out there. Um, that was awarded to us in 2019. And so you became the inaugural TAC manager, um, not that long after that, probably in the summer of, of 2019. Yeah, I think it was um, July. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've been around every, since the beginning. Um, unfortunately you, you I, I, and we'll probably talk about this, but you haven't really had a full year of, of operating the TAC without some kind of interruption, right? You got, came in the summer of 2019, the pandemic hits uh, in, in March of 2020. We continue to do a lot of great work remotely. Um, but I think you and I are both looking forward to getting out of this and then eventually being able to offer up the tax services uh, as much as we, to the full capacity that we envisioned. Right. And so, yeah. um, maybe let's go back and, um, and, and you can talk about the tack, what it does. And then I actually kind of wanted to share some stories about the behind the scenes leading up to the tack. So the, the pre, the pre tack era where it was just yeah. an idea and it was an application and, and some of the things that went into that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you don't share some of those early drafts, but, uh, <laughs> but, I man, I, if, uh, this shirt's back to the top of the rotation, even though uh, th that was last week, I'm wearing the same shirt. So it, it, uh, it looks really good. <laughs> so I haven't um, left this chair in a week. I've just been sitting here yeah, waiting, well, waiting with you know what? breath to talk to you again. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it was almost as if we were hanging on each other's words from the last <laughs> one. Um, yeah. Technology access centers. Um, again, something I knew about from before uh, I joined the team Typically, at least I'll give you, I think it's important to give you my perspective of them before I, I joined the team. And that was, it seemed like the major leagues of college research. And uh, if there's any people from colleges listening, that's not meant to delineate colleges from other colleges. It just seems that you're rewarded with attack after you have a body of work in a particular subject area. And uh, we were sort of talked about it last time that you know, when college or when, when Cambrian started doing research, it was a little haphazard um, with the sort of sector. But um, as more projects came in, uh, the uh, overwhelming focus started to be on mining related research. Um, and that's why the topic for the Technology Access Center um, is mining, because we're in Sudbury. It's, uh, it's a great focus of a lot of our programs that we have. Uh, we're training essentially for one industry in trades and technology, and that is mining. Uh, so it made a lot of sense that way. 
Um, but other than that, I didn't really know much about what TACs are other than that they're specialized research centers. So what I come to know now is that there's about, well, there's exactly 60 of them across Canada. And if you look across Canada, you know, it's some of the most exciting research being done because TACs are in many ways a mirror of the communities they come from. So, you know, you could see some that's focused on smart agriculture in, in big agricultural centers. You see some that focus on oceans and fisheries, you know, on, on the coasts. Um, uh, I like the ones that are food-based as a foodie. So, I mean, you, you see places like uh, Prince Edward Island where there's a burgeoning culinary uh, tourism based focus in the market uh, they have a attack that's focused on on food which once this pandemic's over is going to be awesome to visit uh, mm -hmm. for that reason chiefly <laughs> um so tax are, are are the sort of mirrors in that way and what what they do is they help enable companies within those sectors to innovate um and what our tech does we've sort of taken a lens that we apply to all the work we do and the lens that we use is is facilitating technology adoption in the mining sector. Um, mining has long sort of been seen or perceived as uh, a late adopter when it comes to new technology adoption. And that's for a number of reasons. I mean, and we'll probably do a podcast about technology adoption and mining mm -hmm. at some point, because uh, I think it's such an important and, uh, and uh, changing uh, topic, rapidly changing with, with the new transformative technologies that are out there on offer for the sector. But I think what's what's really interesting with technology adoption, a few of the barriers to adoption are what our tech is focused on. Um, so there's obviously technolo technological barriers like, you know, how do I develop, integrate, test, pilot a technology before I use it? And that's something that the tech can facilitate through applied research and fee-for-service projects. Uh, so a company can come to us and say, you know, we really have this innovative idea or innovative product we want uh, to launch into the mining sector, but we really need that sort of last mile help with mm -hmm. integrating it, testing it, uh, developing prototypes around it to be able to make it viable for the industry. So there's a lot of technical projects that we end up executing uh, in service of that goal. Now, the other piece, which is really exciting too, is, and th that is often overlooked, I think, is a skills gap that's created when new technology is being adopted. So you can imagine if you're adopting a new technology into a what's considered a traditional industry like mining, you have a roster of, of people that are trained in a very specific way. And if you have a disruptive technology come in, you're inherently creating a skills gap. So one of the things that our, that our TAC can do is provide targeted short-term technology upskilling programs to be able to train existing workforce to be able to accommodate the uh, the transformative technology uh, better. Case in point, uh, if you know anything about mining and underground mining specifically right now, uh, there's a big focus on underground vehicle electrification, and their adopt mines are adopting battery electric vehicles at a at an increasing clip, and it's it's sort of making your head spin. But their current sort of roster of technicians that maintain equipment underground are largely trained to maintain diesel equipment. Um, they, they're not electricians by trade. Uh, they work with hydraulics, oil, diesel, um, different skill sets. So one of the things we've launched recently, which sort of caps off how we, how we look at adoption is a battery electric vehicle industrial maintenance course, wherein those technicians from mining companies 
can come in and get the skills they need to safely and effectively uh, deal with equipment. So in that way, trying to, again, remove one of those other barriers to technology adoption. And this is also that we can make sure that mining is keeping pace with other industries when it comes to adoption. And the great thing is as we execute this project over the, the next five years or so and beyond, um, the sort of students that we have working on all these projects are going to be some of the most well-trained and up-to-date students in the industry going into the sector. Um, you know, they're going to be battery electric vehicle specialists. In some cases, they're going to be uh, data analytics specialists. They're, they're going to be uh, some of the most well-trained and high-tech students on offer. So we're really, uh, we're really layering the benefit there, but, but that's what the tech's about in a nutshell. Yeah, and I want to kind of I want to come back to that for a second, but I just wanted to also bring us back to you know you made a, a point when you kind of first uh, learned about what tax are, and I kind of wanted to share my experience there just because yeah, yeah. Um, so because you would have been you know when you were when you were in your time at Cambrian in the business developer role, certainly you know the TAC or a TAC was on your radar, as was an innovation enhancement grant, which are one of those building blocks from NSERC that we typically like to think about where. You know, you, you get some ARDs under your belt, then you get an innovation enhancement grant, um, you know, either a, an entry or a build. And then, you know, the TAC is kind of at the upper echelon of that NSERC funding. And so when I came to Cambrian, we were in, you know, you, you were gone, you were at OCE at that point, And we had just submitted um, our, our latest IE grant application. We were awarded that IE, um, it would have been the winter of, of 2017, right? So then from there, we kind of built on that to get to the TAC or to get the TAC in 2019. But where I first discovered tax was, I'm sure in the office they were talked about and, you know, I, I registered what it was. That it was some sort of like technology access center that sure, there's probably some equipment and it's a great opportunity. And I know that it was better than an IE and, and all these other sorts of things, but it was the first time I really kind of, I think was actually introduced to tax was at a CICAN conference technology access or tech access Canada was there. And that's the group that oversees all of the tax in the country. And they had trading, they had hockey cards of all of the tax in Canada. And so you're um, sold. I'm sold. I'm in <laughs> obviously anything about hockey I'm in. So I remember, you know, talking, it was probably Ken Doyle who was at the, at the booth and, and uh, shout out to Ken Doyle, by the way, like uh, tech access Canada is an unreal group and they do, some fine work and should be a model for the rest of the world and how you, you really promote a sector. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, they are, they are great. And so that's kind of where I was, it was getting at is that again, for, for somebody like me, a, a neophyte to the, to the sector at that point in my career, um, it was honestly a great way. Um, and again, I'm obviously a huge hockey fan, you know, that, and some of the people listening to this might know that, but, but to have them on, on a, on trading cards to show like, this is the tack at Niagara these are the specialties that it does. Like here's a, here's a cool picture that draws you in. And so you had a trading card for every tack in the country. And I kept that pack of trading cards in my desk. Um, I still have them. And I remember that like, as I, I continued to progress in my career at Cambrian, I carried those, that pack of trading cards to meetings because when it came time to talk to, you know, to my boss about, about getting a tack and what would that process look like? I would say here, like, take these home, look at these trading cards. Like I want us to be on a trading card like this in the future. I want Cambrian to have its own tack and we can be a part of, we can have our own card. We'd be part of the system. And so Ken Doyle, I'm still waiting on that trading card for the center for smart mining, but, uh, but nevertheless, I think that's a great way to kind of promote, promote the tack to, 
to people is there's no better way of kind of, of, of highlighting is, is, is I think by showing at a base level, what are these tax about thematically? Where are they located in the country? What are some of the things that they can do? Uh, and certainly I think that, you know, it's great that they serve, I think the geographic and the economic like hubs that the colleges are located in. Um, and again, I think that's obviously, it's a no brainer that we were going to focus on, on mining, not only just because of our track record in the space, but given where we are here in Sudbury, Ontario, um, it, it would have been, I think you'd have to have a pretty strong, uh, portfolio to kind of go in another direction as the first foray mm-hmm. to having attack. Um, but, but nevertheless, one of the things just to kind of bring it back to where you'd left off, I wanted to ask you, and I know that you said this is going to be more of a long form podcast, but I can ask you questions. You can ask me questions. I um, hope you ask me questions. <laughs> hopefully they're good questions, but, uh, but you know, in the, in the first episode, we talked about how like applied research is still this nebulous term and certainly yeah. you work in a field or in a sector where acronyms abound. Everything has an acronym. Funding envelopes have acronyms, tax uh, the technology access centers themselves have acronyms. And so I was just wondering, you know, from your experience, trying to, trying to in, I guess, introduce the TAC and the Center for Smart Mining to the mining sector, like how has that been? Have the, have the mining companies you've talked to, have they been receptive to this? Or have, or have you found that it's been an uphill battle just trying to like indoctrinate them to, you know, TAC yeah. speak? Well, it's a great, that's actually a great question, Mike. Thank um, you. <laughs> I think... Uh, there's a few things I want to say about that. Um, first, won't it be great? It wouldn't it be cool if we could in post-production put the acronyms up when we speak yeah. or when we first <laughs> mention them? Do you think we could do that? I don't want to push us too far. This is episode two. Uh, maybe we can use MS Paint. I don't know. But if we could have a list of the acronyms, that'd be great. I feel like we could we could definitely do that, in, in, at least in the show notes, for sure. Yeah, at least in the show notes, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, this I think touches on uh a podcast we're probably going to focus on in the future and that is navigating government funding speak from an sme or a company perspective because you're quite right when you're talking to a mining company i don't think they or a mining technology company they don't necessarily care about you know this is funded by ncerc it's a technology access center um they care about services they care about how we're going to help so one of the things i learned early on is um, what is our value statement to a mining technology developer? And one of the things that I discovered was um, speaking about what we do in terms of accelerating internal company research. So if you're a product manager or an engineering manager or whatever your title might be, if you're in charge of the roadmap of where your technology is going within the company, uh, say it's an underground mining equipment company, and you're looking at your your prod, product development roadmap, there are often things that happen in maybe year five or four where you'd really like to get to, but you're sort of focused in the 18-month timeline, and you really want your engineering team to get to hit those sort of 18-month timelines, six months, 12 months. Um, but you really have an eye on that year five milestone, like where are we building to? So I think that was re- what was really impactful when we talked to companies from that perspective is, what if we come in and help you with some of what you're looking at in year five to help accelerate it and get it closer to year two? You know what I mean? So it's like, how can we work with your existing team and just augment and accelerate some of those timelines by doing engineering, by doing prototype development, 
by doing an environmental scan of what's available that you can integrate into your solution. Um, and that's what I think has been particularly impactful because uh, I never want to get in the way of the sort of production that they're doing. So if I, if they need it tomorrow, you know, help with innovation, that's something that they need tomorrow to a client or five months from now, that's not really where technology access centers play the best. In my opinion, I think if we're looking at, you need to have a, a much sort of more integrated relationship with these companies um, and say, you know, here, we're here to grow with you. We're here to innovate with you, you know, show us your cards, we'll show you ours and we'll get to a project that is actually meaningful on a long-term basis. And then from there, you start to integrate yourself into their process. And that's what I think tax do best. So if we're looking at our theme for technology adoption in the mining sector, and if we have a long view on where adoption is going in a number of different technology areas, that's what makes the most sense to some of the clients that I talk to. Um, that's mainly on the SME side. On the mining sector side, um, they're drinking from a fire hose right now when it comes to all the technologies on offer. Um, you know, they'll have five different companies pitching them underground 5G or, or something of that nature. So what the TAC can often do, and this is what resonates with some of the clients is how can the TAC weed out some of those potential technologies and see and do studies and do proof of concepts to see which ones are relevant to them. So it always goes back to how can the TAC do something that's meaningful to their timeline. And that starts with trust so that the, we, we have an accurate and adequate sharing of, of, of uh, what they actually need. So that's been the approach so far and it's been pretty successful. And, and obviously there's, there's obviously a number of ways that companies can work with the TAC. You know, you talked, you touched on it earlier about upskilling, you know, through the corporate training offerings that we're doing, especially now with battery electric vehicles, which is obviously very timely. Mm -hmm. um, and by the time, you know, this officially gets released, like you and I are talking now and it's already been out, but I think one of the great things that is exclusive to tax in Canada is that they have access through, uh, through the industrial research assistance program the interactive visits, which again, as of a couple of weeks ago, or whenever we're listening to this, um, you mm -hmm. know, the federal government had, uh, as part of their, their upcoming budget is, has, is going to top up the interactive visit program. Um, again, I know what an interactive visit is. You certainly know what an interactive visit is, but maybe talk about that a little bit, because I think yeah. that's a great first entry point into working with a technology access center, because to your point, these companies, they have to trust the colleges they're working with. Certainly they have to have some confidence that the work that we're going to do, if they're going to invest time, money, uh, personnel, resources, all of these things, like they want to know that they're going to get a return on their investment. And so mm -hmm. I think that the interactive visits are a great, a great way of doing that because it's kind of like that, uh, you know, that, that first engagement to really kind of see a proving time to show them, this is what we can do within this finite, you know, envelope that we'll talk about. Um, and yeah, maybe if you can touch on that, because it's certainly something yeah. that you, you, you're thinking about interactive visits all the time. Yeah, I think like, so as I mentioned, like trust building is important, right? And I think being uh, cognizant of their time and resources and, and cash is important too, right? And I think what the interactive visit program has done is sort of um, paid for your first date with mm -hmm. the, the company, right? I was resisting that reference, but you did it. So it's okay. Oh, no, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully that's sensitive enough. No, it's I fine. Think... I'm just saying that, but that is the yeah, first yeah. thing you think of when you think of the interactive visits. It's, it's, it's that first date. And there was, uh, I was struggling to come up with a better, uh, 
a better analogy, metaphor. But like it is, it is, it's the best way of describing it. That it is really, it's your first date. You're, you know, let's see where. Yeah, this I goes. mean, I'm not going to continue the metaphor, but I think because uh, it could get uh, it could get uh, pretty dicey. But um, I think we'll get canceled. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely get canceled. You know, it's uh, anyway. I I will resist my inner comedian. Um, but I think the uh, the interactive visit program, it uh, it subsidizes essentially 20 hours of uh, of work done at a college at a, at a tack uh, at a college it it subsidizes up to 20 hours of work that can be done at a college and what's meant by that is uh, you know 20 hours doesn't seem like a lot but when you um, put a good scope around what you want to do with a college to sort of trial their skills or trial a piece of equipment or understand you know what a particular specialization might look like at the college uh, you can get a lot done for it so we've seen things like uh, small prototypes developed for 20 hours um, you can also get machine time covered so if uh, you know a 3d printer for example has to be used at the center for smart mining with the accompanying 20 hours of technician and design time you're looking at a pretty pretty sizable uh, project and from there what it's really meant to do is then okay the SME can assess, you know, whether or not this is going to be a fit, whether or not the quality is is there, whether or not the timelines have been met, and it's really a good subsidized way of uh, of building trust and building those larger long term longer term partnerships. Uh, we used it last year, uh, which was I guess the sort of first full year that we mm -hmm. you know were cognizant of them, and uh, we did about four of them. But um, we're looking to do a lot more of those with new clients to to really sort of showcase what we're able to do at the Center for Smart Mining and to showcase, you know, what our, our, our faculty, students and research team are all about, as well as the equipment we have here. So mm -hmm. I think it's invaluable. I think that the, the, uh, the government has recognized how important this is um, in turning uh, colleges from unlikely innovators into sort of uh, uh, main event. I, I know I dropped the name. That's, that's I, my Leonardo DiCaprio moment again. Did anybody it's... have a, like, how long into the podcast was that? <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just think that it's really good that uh, there's more investments coming into that program because I think, uh, especially for companies that aren't in the sector that the TAC is operating in, like, it would be great if we could do more work with companies that aren't in the mining sector and act as a gateway through the interactive visit program to see if mining works for them and if their product works in that sector. And I think that's what our focus is going to be. Mm hmm and I know we're getting, we're probably running on time now, but I wanted to kind of, before I, I, I throw it back to you for a call to action at the end, in terms of how any listeners that are tuning in can get in touch with you in order to set up an interactive visit or to talk with you about some of the other services the TAC offers. I wanted to kind of just kind of go back a little bit, you know, to when the Center for Smart Mining was, an, was just an idea we were applying to NSERC. And, you know, the Center for Smart Mining was, I think we were always committed to that name just because we knew that it would kind of not only, I think, address, I think, the digital transformation and the battery electric transformation that's happening in mining to make mines more smart and intelligent, but smart mining can run the gamut and include environment, it can include health and safety. So really, when you come to the TAC, you're not just working, you know, on, on a digital topic, right? It could be environmental, it could be health related, it could be battery electric vehicle. We, we, we made it intentionally open-ended so that we can kind of capture anything that companies in the sector are doing that could be perceived as making them more smart, efficient, uh, right. in, environmentally safe, uh, health conscious, those types of things. But, 
But all that being said, it was, you know, you and I over the years have had, you know, various experiences writing big grants. And, and certainly I think, you know, you having, uh, you know, some time with previous iterations of an innovation enhancement grant, like those are big grants, uh, the TAC, um, I think, you know, Cambridge had applied for tax previously before we were awarded one in 2019. I believe you might have been a part of that process as well. And so the process, you know, what's, what's unique about getting the TAC is obviously the application is, is robust, it's extensive, which as, as it should be for the type of investment that NSERC is giving you. But I think the one thing that's unique about the TAC program, um, that unlike other grants, is that you have an on-site visit from your committee. So you have this, you know, panel of expert reviewers who are reviewing the suitability of the TAC from an R&D and technical perspective, plus, you know, representatives from NSERC who actually come to your college and spend the entire day with you. You know, they, they, th they put you through, you know, a battery of questions. You have to give presentations. You have stakeholders come and they give, you know, hopefully ringing endorsements of what Cambrian has done already. And these are partners, these are funders, these are other, you know, uh, collaborators in the ecosystem. And, th and this goes on all day. And, and I just remember that when we were going through the early stages of this, we were just submitting full proposal, we had talked to other colleges, we did a little bit of a, a road show just to try to find out more about these tax. And, and I remember we, we went to visit Fleming College, and they told us that, get ready for the site visit, like that is the worst part of the of the application. And it, and it wasn't the worst part. I, 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 I think we had a positive experience, but I think what they meant by that is that it's the most intensive and I think, you know, scrutinized period of that entire process, because you, you, you're essentially, you're working up to this one date. Um, you want to make a good impression. So like, I remember we had, you know, the, we, we had a, uh, a map planned out of the route we were going to take to go from the boardrooms down to the, the, the applied research center. And like we had, you know, the, the cleaners and the custodians just like make sure that those stairways that we were taking, those hallways that we were taking, that they were, they were spick and span and, and they did a great job getting it all organized. But it was like, literally you roll out the red carpet, the yeah. site committee. And, you know, our visit was in January. It was a crazy snowstorm. There was at least, I think, two or three people that couldn't even make it because they got stuck where they were. There was even a talk of, do we even do the visit this day? Because like, you're going to be, you're going to be uh, at a disadvantage because you're only going to have you know, two to three people in person, you have somebody on the phone, somebody's not even going to be joining us at all, because they can't, they're, they're snowed in wherever they are. And so we, we, we soldiered on. And, you know, I think I'm glad that we did, because I think if we didn't lock in for that site visit, we might not have had the tack the time that we did, because we might have had to push it for the following year. And it was a crazy day, because you had to be on all day, they asked you hard questions that sometimes, you didn't know the answers to, and you just tried to, you know, provide, I think a, a rationale as to we're going to work towards that. Um, and I just remember there was a lot of people who gave presentations that day. I think I was tasked with, uh, with closing remarks. And I think the only thing I said, and it was in my mind, I hadn't planned it this way, but I think after the fact, it kind of became like my, the only mic drop moment in my career. And I'll say mic drop <laughs> moment because it was still very respectful. It wasn't in the traditional mic drop where you say something and just kind of leave the room, but it was kind of to the effect of, regardless of the outcome of the committee's decision, Cambrian will continue to be a center for smart mining. And I, and, you know, yeah. I think, I think that was true Chills. because- Chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I think it's true because ultimately, if we didn't get the tack when we did, we would have kept doing the work that we were doing. We would have reapplied and hopefully would have, you know, got it the second time around, but I think that that's, that's key. And I think that is, I think what maybe, again, I have no idea how 
if that had an impact or not, but I think it certainly was, was true that I think if, if you're, you need to be at that stage of your development to get attack, right? I think you need to be at the point where if you don't get this funding, you're still doing exactly what you said you were going to be doing. And if you're yeah. not going to continue doing that, then maybe you weren't ready for attack anyway, right? Because it should be just kind of formalizing what had already been done, right? You've already built the foundation. The TAC just kind of brings it home. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a wild day. I remember I was, I, I don't know if I, like it was, tar- it was hard to sleep the night before I was at school. This was back when you could actually visit people in person, right? So think back, this is, uh, yeah, the winter of, of 2019. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I was at school that night until like seven o'clock, I think by the time they left and there was, um, that evening there was like the Sudbury charities dinner where it was like lobster and, you know, all you can drink at the Caruso club. And, and I, again, I'm not going to say that I, I imbibed that evening, but, uh, <laughs> it's, I certainly, I think had a few hard earned beers that night. And, uh, yeah. And, and thankfully the results came back. I forget when it was, I think um, it was in March, um, but, uh, but we got the tack, here you are. Well, and- thank you for going through that. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, in many ways, I wouldn't be here without that. And I mean, I remember, cause we knew each other before you were telling me about this and uh, you're a better man than I, I think I, <laughs> that well, was a, uh, that would, that would have been a very, uh, my, my armpits would be uh a little, a little sweaty, I think. I had to burn the suit that I was wearing that day. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. it was not salvageable. But, but you yeah. say, you say that, but you went through your own gauntlet. Um, I'll, I'll set you up for this because I think you might know where I'm going. But uh, when we, we were first, I guess we went to our first uh, Tech Access Canada meeting, and, <laughs> and it was really like we were a new tax, so we had to get introduced as yeah. a new tax, and so. They had asked us to to do a, a video about our about our tack, the Center for Smart Mining, and some of the things you know that we offer there. And and uh, and again, so we were we went to Ottawa. It was at La Cité, and they've got this brilliant room where it's you know 360 uh, screens across the room. They had a stage in the center of the room, yeah. and the tack managers or whoever the representative was going to be had to go sit basically or stand, not sit, in stand, the stand in the middle of the room yeah. while the video played. 360 across every wall in this in this awesome auditor- yeah. like this room and you know so you should probably play it safe with the video right it should be just a nice corporate like like it should be a very clear video that doesn't require any explanation because it's in 360 and you're on the you're in the hot seat right that's what we should have done but um you'll find out as you listen to this podcast that mike and i have a bit of a non-traditional approach to uh marketing communications um and uh, humor generally. So what, what Mike and I had done um, <laughs> in the weeks preceding this, Mike won't say this, but he's actually a bit of a wizard now when it comes to video editing with his iMac. <laughs> so we shot it on Mike's iPhone, but we did a shot for shot remake of the opening to the uh, the NBC hit The Office. Um, you know, sort of where they go from everyone's office in action and like it says what their names are. Even driving up to Cambrian, we did the driving even, footage. Even the driving <laughs> in and we overlaid the music. I don't know if you had to pay for the music, Mike, but we got I the did. music. 90, we got the rights. Yeah. yeah we, we got the rights to the music. And you know what? We were super impressed with ourselves. Like it, it looked great, I thought. Everyone and, you know, showed I, it to at Cambrian. I, they're like, wow, this is this is awesome. Yeah, everyone was really pumping our tires. And then... Um, we get there and it's as if no one in Canada had ever seen The Office. So we played it, you know, and it's meant to be funny, but informative. <laughs> and there it's dead silence. Like, and there's probably 
half like 500 people in the room yeah there's quite a bit and it's and it's up on a 360 display and then i had to just tap dance my way out of that because no one laughed and i i basically just shrugged it off like oh we'll be doing some jokes later maybe you'll have those is that but uh but then like afterwards you know people are coming up to me saying you know that was a great video really funny i love the office like why didn't you laugh yeah (laughs) I remember because I, yeah, we, we saw all the other videos coming up and they were these very corporate, like clearly like these colleges had the time to put B-roll footage together. And, yeah. and some of these were very cinematic shots, like drone work, uh, multiple cameras. Well, to, be fair, to be fair, some of these were put on by tacks that have existed for 15 years, right? Yeah. So they had B-roll. We, yeah. had, we had Mike's iPhone. Right? Yeah. Like so, we, and, we, and we've got a great uh, videographer at our college who uh, now, put something to get, now we yeah. do. And, you know, so I think if we had enough time, we could have done something great, but we thought that, you know, we, it would be funny. It'd be a little unconventional. And then we see all of these like <laughs> high production videos and I'm just like, oh man, like we're going to get, we're going to get killed. And I remember you going up in that, that platform. And as you first start talking, cause you know that you're gonna have to show that video, there's no getting out of it now. And yeah. you're like, and Mike, do you want to? You were like trying to get me up there. I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is, it's it's your, it's your tack. This, you got to own this video. And so, although I went through the site visit, you went through the office tack video. And so, you know, I, (laughs) maybe we could play that. that. We'll put a link. We'll put a link to the video. I think it's on YouTube. It is on our YouTube Uh, page. So we can, and like, let us know if you thought it was funny because (laughs) I thought it was great. Um, We'll see what everyone else thinks, but. Yeah, but but outside of that that video, obviously, I think the TAC is a great resource here uh, in Sudbury and in Northern Ontario, especially you know obviously within the within the mining community that we serve. And so maybe we'll end this episode with if you want to drop a call to action, Steve. What's the best way for for people to kind of get in touch with you and learn more about what the TAC can offer? Yeah, I think the best way is obviously uh, through email. Right now, you can go on, um, and we'll put the we'll put our emails in the. Uh, in the show notes, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think reaching out uh, to me directly. And then I think what we do uh, most effectively is we'll get on a zoom or on a call and we can really understand uh, basically like the list of problems and issues a company might have. And from there, we'll be able to assess whether or not uh, we can help. And, uh, and then we build project scopes from there. But I think uh, one of the things, um, and I'm really sort of happy with how things are going. And we know we might see the end of this pandemic someday. Um, We were still able to do a number of projects this year and we're still open. Mining is an essential uh, industry. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, we're, we're happy to meet with, with anyone who thinks they have an idea or product that, uh, that makes sense for it. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Well, you heard it from Steve, drop him a line. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. I think actually, I think it's worth mentioning Steve as well. And we'll probably have this by the time, uh, the episode drops that we're lo- working on creating a sub page on the Cambrian R&D website. So again, yeah. you know, you can go to Cambrian, it's www.cambriancollege.ca slash RD is where the Cambrian R&D website lives. And then within that page, there will be a separate tab for the TAC. Uh, so there'll also probably be a link to go directly to that page, but otherwise uh, you can find some great information there as well. In addition to just, you know, having a, a chat with Steve. So I guess, right I guess that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, we'll be dropping uh, subsequent podcasts that I think, uh, you know, we'll be announcing the subject matter ahead of time um, from here. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Okay. See ya.
The Unlikely Innovators with Mike Comito and Steve Gravel. Presented by Cambrian R&D and the Center for Smart Mining.